Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. As it's World Champs Week, I've got a little bonus episode for you where I'm going to be catching up with the one and only Ben Cathro. If you listened to yesterday's episode all about the new specialised stump jumper Evo, then you'll know that the intros this month are a little different. I've been thinking about trying clipping pedals again for a while now, and my choice of pedal is the Crank Brothers Mallet DH. They're run by tons of the top pros, and they've got an easy release cleat option, which definitely appeals to me. They've also got loads of adjustability, so you can get them set up just right for you. Luckily, Crank Brothers were keen to help with my experiment and support a few episodes of the show at the same time. They're also going to give three lucky listeners a pair of clipping pedals of their choice, along with a new M20 multi-tool to install them with. All you need to do to enter is head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash crankbrothers and fill in your details there. You've got until the end of October to get it done. Also, you can head to crankbrothers.com and check out their entire range of goodies there. So over the next couple of weeks in the intro to the shows, I'll be telling you about my experience so far. We're getting set up on the pedals, my initial ride testing and approach to that, and my thoughts on the benefits of riding clipped in. Give it a listen to find out how I get on. It's getting chilly over here, so I've updated my web store with some brand new sweatshirts and hoodies. They're 100% organic, printed to order, and shipped with no single-use plastic. To get your hands on one, just head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop now. While you're there, you can also pick up one of our t-shirts too. Don't forget to make sure you subscribe to the show. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it drops. Super easy to do with buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. While you're on that page, you can also join my newsletter for a weekly dose of interesting bike-related stuff, competitions, products I've been enjoying and more. Also, if you've got a couple of minutes to give the podcast a quick review over on iTunes, then that's massively appreciated as it really helps others find the podcast. All right, it's time to sit down for a catch-up with Ben Cathro. We'll be chatting about his years so far, including signing with Pinkbike, getting back into training, going on the points chase, building his own DH track, having a baby and plenty more. We also get his thoughts on the upcoming world champs this weekend in Leogang. So without further ado, here's Ben Cathro. Ben Cathro, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. How's things with you? Um, not too bad, not too bad. There's uh, There's been a lot of things going on that'll come to light on Wednesday. Uh, and I can't talk about them because I'm keeping them secret. But yeah, yeah. it's been it's been a hectic month and a bit. <laughs> fair play yeah. and how's dad life treating you because since we last uh last spoke you've had a, a little boy jack i think yeah yeah so that i think anyone that's had a kid knows that nothing is ever the same again you're you're in a similar situation yep it's uh amazing and nothing can ever be organized properly again i'm finding <laughs> like, yeah, everything gets planned around jack and uh, luckily uh, my wife has been uh insanely good she's been a primary caregiver while i've been training and trying to get myself in shape for doing some world cups fair play well yeah let's chat a bit about that then so last time we sat down was i think it was november last year and at that point you were you were in the process of looking to put together a race program and get out there and hit the world cups mm-hmm. um and then since then obviously the pink bike thing has, has come about um mm-hmm. when when did that become an option for you um, I always had a feeling it was an option because I'd done a bit of work with Pink Bike in the past and knew what they were interested in. And I was really keen to just do it myself. Uh, I liked the idea of having control of everything, that I could choose the sponsors and I could uh, kind of control what was in the videos. And uh, then uh, Brian, who runs the, he's the kind of the main editor of all the content on Pink Bike, messaged me just asking about the inside the tape videos that we'd done that year and uh-huh. I was like interested to do the same again next year and I was like well actually I'm going to be quite busy doing some other things <laughs> and he's like oh what are you doing and then I kind of told him my plan and he was like "Ha, huh, we might want that <laughs> <laughs> he was like that's really cool I think I think we could do that for you and you could have you could still have control over everything I was like well that does take some pressure off I think we should probably do that <laughs> Ah, fair play. Was that quite late in the year then? Oh yeah, well, really late. He, um, I remember him saying that we are going to actually struggle to get the budget or or the sponsors together in time just because it was, oh, when was it? I think it was actually like January that we were trying to bring it all together maybe even February uh, so but yeah. they've, they've got a, they've got a sales team so they had a, a team of people badgering anyone that had any budget left 
and we ended up getting pretty much all the companies I wanted. So uh, yeah, it turned out really good. Yeah, that is good because at that time in the year, like you say, everyone's budget's pretty much allocated. So finding any money, I guess, was uh, was a challenge. But it sounds like you had the right people on the job. Yeah, so pretty good. And uh, we're actually getting paid a wage this year, which is something I've never had in my 32 years of being on this earth, <laughs> which was lucky yeah, when... That- <laughs> which was lucky when everything got locked down and yeah <laughs> definitely what was going on. yeah how does that feel does it take a take a pressure off for you definitely um like i've always just run my own businesses or work part-time while i'm training and stuff so it would just be living paycheck to paycheck and saving up so i could go racing and then run my own coaching business and the money would be coming in good through the summer then you'd struggle through the winter so it's yeah, I just don't have to stress about where the money's coming from at the minute, which is really nice. It's lovely. Yeah, especially with a child joining the family as well. Yeah, must, uh, must make yeah, things yeah. more comfortable. That is one of the ways Pink Bite sold it to me. <laughs> you, got a, <laughs> you got a kid coming, you know, it'll be nice getting a reliable paycheck. I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I bet you're glad now, though. Now you know the chaos that's involved oh, with bringing up a child. It's, you know things like this happen to everyone at some point in their life where they're just like i was i was lucky i went, i made that choice you know uh if i hadn't you know the coaching would have been shut down i wouldn't have been at world cups to make money i i honestly don't know what would have happened so yep cheers pink pike <laughs> yeah the universe was on your side this time around for sure mm-hmm. yeah so let's talk a bit about the fitness side of things thing so like what's your i guess your honest assessment of where you are at before you started thinking about going back to world cup racing uh right so i think it's it's hard to put like numbers to it i mean you can you can obviously put power numbers and max lift numbers and stuff to it but i hadn't done anything like prior to starting the training so i would kind of rank it as more what i did in terms of like activities for fitness so uh i would do coaching that was like pretty much the main thing I'd be doing uh so I would go out for a group for maybe about six hours a day maybe ride about five to ten kilometers and for a lot of that it's pretty chilled pace and I'd stand around and tell people kind of oh yeah get your weight forward and (laughs) all that kind of stuff and uh and then that was like pretty much the only physical thing I really I did so and I would do that maybe three times a week. So I'd say my fitness was like okay, like a good base fitness, but I didn't yeah. really do much high intensity stuff unless I was racing. Um, so I would do some downhill and enduro races through the year, and I'd always joke at the first races that uh, just wait till you see me at the end of season, I'll be fit by then. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think the races were like my main main form of training. So I'd do like maybe six downhill races and move about four enduro races through the year, and then by end of season, I'd be like, yeah, I'm feeling feeling good now <laughs> ready to go yeah and then we go into off season and then I just yeah get a little bit of a belly on again <laughs> fair play so you're starting from yeah a bit of a base but not yeah not much more than that I guess yeah I'd say fitter than your average person but definitely not uh an athlete yeah and how have you approached getting back into it then because that's I mean that's a huge part of getting ready for what you what you're trying yeah. to do it's something that in the past I never felt I really kind of figured out was the whole training thing. Um, I used to overtrain and uh, uh, kind of fatigue myself a lot. So got Rab Wardell in to kind of make me up training plans, kind of guide me through everything. And I would actually track my training a lot better using like uh, heart rate monitors. And uh, I was using a thing called the whoop strap, which kind of tracked your strain. Uh, so that if you woke up in the morning and it said, yeah, you're pretty stressed out today, then I'd back off on the training that day. So just did things a little bit more intelligently and uh, yeah, really felt it work. And I could, uh, just before the season was supposed to start, I was feeling pretty flipping good. Good stuff. Yeah. What sort of stuff have you been doing then? Is it, is it, is it much different from the last time you were training other than making sure you're kind of resting enough? Um, the only thing I'd say was really different was uh, doing more mobility uh, work. Okay. So like foam rolling and stretching just to make sure the body stays nice and uh, nice and limber because uh, yeah, I'm not as young as I, 
as I once was. <laughs> so I definitely noticed that there's lots of old injuries kind of causing issues. I got a sore back and my left knee hurts. And yeah, I just got to keep on top of these things. So yeah, doing a lot of foam rolling and stretching. And then it's just the usual stuff, you know, out trail biking, turbo training and uh, in the gym, just building up building up the strength so yeah not nothing that people would be like oh that's really interesting it was just a bit more organized than what yeah. i've done in the past have you have you enjoyed getting back at it like having a motivation there to train i wasn't sure if i would or not because uh, <laughs> i famously hated training back in the day i kind of i, I kind of made myself do it but uh I actually strangely did really enjoy getting back into the routine of it. And uh, I found myself being a lot more uh, kind of like proactive and uh, kind of getting more stuff done in just general life by having this routine to follow. So it was actually, yeah, really good getting back into it. And it was like really nice seeing kind of uh, the fitness, like really kind of improving quite fast because, you know, coming from like nothing, and then training, and then you're like, "Wow, I'm getting really fit here. <laughs> this is amazing." So what yeah, are you, what are you basing that off though? Like, how are you? Is that off numbers or how you feel? Um, well, with the training I've been doing, you know, with Jim, it's just how much weight can I lift? And it's like, wow, I'm lifting a lot more weight now. And uh, with uh, the turbo training, it would be a lot of it was power based, so I'd okay. be. Uh, I'd see my FTP increasing and power increasing kind of as the off season went on. So uh, just basing it off of those kind of numbers. Yeah. And how different does it feel when you get out on the bike and, and just try and ride fast? So I felt when I was doing the downhill riding towards the end of the off season that I didn't feel like I was like crazy faster or anything like that. I don't think like the strength and fitness really makes you that quicker and quicker on a bike. But I was able to just go and smash out full runs all day and be like, oh, normally I'd really struggle with that. So it was just like it wasn't like an incredibly like you jump on the bike and be like, holy crap, <laughs> this is so much better. It was just I could uh I could do I could go to a race like a World Cup practice for a full day practice another full day you know on really rough tracks and know that i wouldn't be at race day absolutely hanging so it really helped with that and also my bad back sort of went away uh, wow. which was really good uh so i think because i'd strengthened my core and everything everything was just a lot more stable so that was the kind of side benefit of it all yeah definitely that's awesome do you think you get away with more like when things get a little bit loose and uh, a bit out of control do you feel like you're able to collect it better i mean that's the theory but i uh, <laughs> i didn't really have any moments that i really noticed it like okay you'd imagine uh you would though like if you just had like took a big impact and like collapsed in towards the bars you know because i can bench like 20 kilograms more i would have just been able to push myself back up maybe but uh, I didn't have any of those moments that I really noticed it, but yeah, for sure that would have, that would have helped had that situation arose. Yeah. And you mentioned that you feel like you're kind of, we're getting more done in life in general as a result of getting back into training. Is that energy based or? That's routine based. Okay. I find when I'm not in a routine, I become uh, like, what's the word? procrastinator like really serial procrastinator it's like oh i'll do that in a bit it's like oh i've got to do this job so i can't do that one so i'll do that one in a bit and then it just like rolls on day after day but when i'm in a routine i find i'm just i just, I just get things done so i uh yeah i found myself being a lot more proactive because of that and then i got i got ill i got the flu like real bad at the start of the year and i spent two weeks in bed and then it took me a while to like get back into things because uh-huh. so you, you just start living the sedentary lifestyle just sitting around doing nothing getting teas brought to you and <laughs> I, I, I find it takes a real force of will to kind of like get back into it but then when i'm back in it then uh yeah real proactive again so i benefit from structure for mm, sure. fair enough yeah i'm the same i think you, and you've uh you've created 
like no excuse now because you've made this facility in your garden yeah what, <laughs> what what's going yeah. on in there <laughs> so yeah lockdown happened the gym's closed and i was like oh well that's that's a bit of a shame and then my original plan was uh uh, my friend Tad, she lives just down the road. It's one of the Fox suspension technicians. He's got a like a big, I'd call it a yeah, it's a workshop. It's a shed, but it's a workshop. It's yeah. pretty, it's a pretty fancy shed, a big one. And he's got a lot. <laughs> he's got a lot of space in it. And like the plan was to build a gym in there. And but then the kind of restrictions started getting a bit tighter, and you weren't allowed to mix with different households. And I was like, oh crap, that's not going to work. What were we going to do? I mean, I thought about just, uh, you know, covering things with a tarpaulin in the garden, like a few dumbbells and things on the bench and just being able to get out and do a little bit here and there. And then I was like, no, no, there's got to be a better option. Well, I've got this six metre by three metre pop-up shelter as a as pits uh, at the races. I was like, well, I might be able to use that. And then I kind of went into the garden, this tiny little garden we've got, and I was like, I wonder if it would fit and I measured it out and it pretty much takes up the whole garden. And uh, it was, uh, there wasn't really a flat area there. It was all like uh, flower beds and uh, with kind of neat wooden edging and uh, uh, a few little plants and trees and things. So I messaged the the landlord because we're we're just renting at the moment. And uh, it's like, do you mind if I dig up the garden and flatten it out to put a, to put a tent in and he was like uh yeah, yeah that should be okay why, why, why are you wanting to do that and i was like well i'm gonna build a gym and he was like that's a great idea yeah go for it <laughs> so yeah i think it was like a week of just like digging there's so much dirt i had to move to kind of get it level and then kind of like laid some like uh, stone slabs out and uh put up the tent and then i bought a big squat rack big power rack um load of dumbbells uh, some kettlebells a bench and uh yeah set up the turbo trainer in it as well and then um yeah just had a my own gym and it was, it's amazing it's so good it's and, really cool yeah and uh i uh was using it also as like a bike workshop as well. So I had like the, all my tools and like a bike stand set up in there. Cause I didn't actually have a covered area for like working on my bikes. So it's been, it's been ideal, but uh, yeah. we've got races coming up and I've got to take it down. So that's my, that's what I'm doing at the moment. I've having to, all the stuff I've filled it with, I'm having to pack up and try and fit in the tiny little wooden shed we've got in the corner. And it's absolute ball ache. It's I've got so much stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's not uh, it's not small stuff either, is it? Like Olympic bar- bars and all that kind of stuff takes up a fair bit of space. Oh yeah, the 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 weights and the the rack. I'm actually just going to wrap in a tarpaulin and just like okay. try and tie it down because this that's not fitting anywhere. So yeah, try and get it all covered up. And I'm guessing training in a tent in your garden in Scotland in the winter is probably not the most ideal situation, right? It gets nah. pretty chilly. No, nah, I like cold gyms because you can just go nuts and uh you, f- you actually get to the optimum temperature about halfway through your workout I, I hate i hate getting too warm i cannot stand it so uh actually i i'd prefer training in a proper cold you know those kind of like old school rundown kind of gyms you'd see like you know like rocky movies and that when they're just like uh in the old kind of grimy like <laughs> cheap kind of gym I, I i prefer that kind of like less polished kind of set up fair play well if it works it works right yeah exactly (laughs) cool and let's talk a little bit about the videos side of things from this year because i'm guessing with uh with pink bike involved you've had a little bit more money to put into kit Mm -hmm. and production and that seems to be a side of things that you you definitely enjoy what's it what's it been like doing that it's uh like it, when we were planning to go racing, it was like, this is going to be easy. We're just going to go to the races, film the travel and film the racing, and we'll just smash out some videos, no problem. And then when the races got cancelled, we were like, oh, crap, like, what are we going to film? What are we going to do? Because <laughs> um, the pink bag were like, you know, if you guys can still make videos that, you know, the viewers enjoy and sponsors are happy with, then, you know, we just we'll we'll crack on, you know. It's it's fine. Just 
get creative and come up with stuff. And we're like, oh man, we've actually got to think now. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a real head scratcher trying to come up with, yeah, episodes that kind of still kind of embrace the whole idea of the privateer. So like training or racing or that kind of thing. Um, but we luckily we managed to do it and it's been, yeah, it's been cool having the, the budget that I could bring on other people. So, uh, when I was thinking about this plan last year, I, uh, I th- like was looking at different guys who are making movies and, uh, Max Rendell, who's running sleeper co was one of the people I'd kind of seen making some like real thought provoking, interesting and kind of quite artful, like mm-hmm. real creative kind of videos. And I liked his, like his editing style. And I was like, yes, he's, he's the boy. That's who I need. I was like, how much do you want? And he's like, this much. I was like, yes, we can do that. So, uh, uh, pretty good that we kind of got that all lined up. And then he, I mentioned to him, I needed a mechanic and he was like, Oh, my mate's a mechanic. I'll ask him if he wants to do it. And then asked, uh, Angus, who runs a bike shop down by, uh, down in the borders. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I'm up for that. And he was like, I was thinking about, uh, becoming a mechanic on the world cup circuit this year anyway. So that's perfect. Nice. And, it, and it all kind of fell into place. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Angus has been Angus has been living the dream because I I said uh, we'll just keep we'll keep paying you what we get kind of guaranteed and we'll just get to work and whenever we get around to it. So he's been like, it's been brilliant. I've just not had to do <laughs> not had to do any work to be getting paid each month. Amazing. So you put, yeah, you put a lot of graft into those videos there, like especially the first one where it was a uh, kind of like story driven with mm. like ca- almost characters and stuff. It was, yeah. uh, it was a big leap on from from some of the stuff that you've been doing. Not that that was bad, but like mm-hmm. it's a big switch up, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I said to Max, "You do what you want. I like what you make. So pretty much, you tell me what you want to do, and we'll just do it." So he took pretty much main kind of creative control of the videos. I said, I'm the star. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> I'll just prance about and do my thing. You film it and just make something good. And uh yeah, he's been he's been really good at kind of creating some good stories for each episode. Yeah. So I think it's worked pretty well. Definitely. Yeah. What's the feedback been like? How's it how's it gone down from what you've heard? Um from what we've seen and heard it's been pretty, pretty good. Um I think I've been in quite a lucky place with the kind of the, the pink bike viewership who are the kind of main viewers of the videos um, kind of looking back to all the world cup kind of analysis videos. So I think I'm seen in a pretty positive light. So even if we're making stuff mediocre, people are already kind of on board with, Oh yeah, cool. Ben's done something. And uh, they, they seem to enjoy it. So long may that continue. I think at some point, with uh, these kind of uh, the pink bike viewers, you will do something and then you'll kind of go out of favor. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's hope that uh, doesn't happen for a little while. <laughs> Fingers crossed for sure. No, you're putting out good stuff, man. And I think yeah. people, people appreciate seeing it. it's a cool story, seeing someone trying to get back into world cup level racing and tried, some insight tried so hard <laughs> if only there was some world cup level racing it would help but uh, uh, yeah, yeah yeah well hopefully these two um coming up soon happen and uh, i'm excited to watch world champs in the snow coming up that's going to be fun definitely yeah we'll <laughs> chat about a bit about that in a sec before we do let's chat a bit about your kind of pre-season Ooh, so yeah. as someone who's not raced at high level for a wee while that involves points hunting. Um, uh, yeah. Go on, tell us a bit about what you needed to do and how that went. Well, it's it's getting harder and harder because there's just no points races in uh, yeah. in the UK. Like, uh, literally, there's three points races. I think it's like one of the national races, the national champs, and the World Cup at Fort William. There, there may be others, but as far as I'm aware, it's just like those three are the races. And to get points pre-season, none of them are pre-season, really. Yeah. I think uh, maybe one of the nationals is like a couple of weeks before Fort William World Cup. It's like, well, that's that's useless. <laughs> so what everyone does is they go out to Europe and just try and find the most obscure, most like <laughs> way out there in the sticks race that they can find that hopefully no one else will have gone to so that they can uh, get like a podium and hopefully get enough points. And you arrive 
and everyone else has had the same idea. And there's about <laughs> 20 people there <laughs> from the UK all trying to get points. And uh, this year, the World Cups were starting really early. Like the yeah. first World Cup was super early. So there was only one, maybe two points races in Europe, and one of them was in Barcelona. So we'd come up with a plan that we'd go out to Barcelona to do this race and then go to Lusa uh, to the Fox testing camp. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, good plan. That's good. This is this going to be a good test for the team. Let's see how we all get on together driving out. And uh, so we did the big drive, like a full day getting out there and uh, got to this race. And I was like, cool cool like saw the people there and i knew quite a lot of the guys racing a lot of the spanish guys like uh ivan olego moreno he yeah. was like a guy that i watched back when i was a kid um and uh, a few other guys had come it was like a south african guy um uh, forgotten the boy's name oh that's bad but anyway he won the race okay <laughs> um and uh yeah i actually got so so nervous because i was like right I don't, I don't have to worry about it. You know, there's one other points race. We'll give this one a go. Um, I don't need to stress about it. And I was like, I'll just have a cruisy run, you know, take it easy. And that should be enough. And uh, we actually did like a, a timed run in the morning that I yeah. didn't actually know was a timed run. They said it was just like a display run for the crowd. You know, just cruise down, it'll be fine. And I had, a, I had quite a good run and it was really slow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no. It's like, I'm going to have to really try. Oh, crap. And it's like, what was if I don't get points? Oh, no. Then we won't be able to do the World Cups. And then Pig Bike will be furious. And then I think it yes. all got, it all got on top of, of me. A lot of pressure there, really, isn't there? Because it yeah. is effectively like, it's very much your job to get into the World Cups. Yeah. And, and everyone was saying, and I was saying, you know, it doesn't matter. We're just, we're just documenting what it's like to try and race World Cups. And if you don't get to race them, well, then that just proves how hard it is. <laughs> and, but no, I, yeah. I think I just got a little, a little too nervous, and then went a little bit too hard. Well, you nearly and... missed the start, didn't you? Even before. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, you've seen that video, have you? I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I uh, I was doing my warm up, and I thought I had, I'd done the maths in my head, and I thought I had enough time, but I got to the uplift, and a bus had just left, and then I had to wait for the next bus to fill up. And when it's race runs, like people don't come thick and fast. It's like uh, they just kind of dribble along. It takes a while to fill fill up the bus. And I don't speak Spanish. And I tried to explain to the bus driver that I need to go up. And uh, ended up, we just got up there quite late. And then, yeah, had to sprint the, the like two-mile climb on my downhill bike to get to the start with, with, with my jumper on because I didn't have any race kit at that point. <laughs> and the only thing I had that was like looked quite good like a long sleeve top was a wheelie jumper with pink bike written on it (laughs) and i was absolutely sweating at the top um but then i did have enough time that i managed to like chill out and then and then go from a run and uh yeah it was actually going really good as most runs that go wrong (laughs) do i was having the run of my life i was going so fast and then uh I, I'd made a mistake in this section where I was taking this pretty funky high line. And I remember I didn't quite get it the run before. So I was like, I'll set up extra wide. And I did. And the ground there is just like super dry and marbly. And pretty much when you get off the main line, you're, you are in marbles. So I set up wide, got in the marbles, and I washed my front wheel and had a big old wobble, blew my feet off and lost a lot of speed. And I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. We could still do it. And I jumped back on and went as hard as I could into the next section and then exploded. Oh, <laughs> and no. I went head first into a tree. And I was like, oh, well done, Ben. <laughs> good, <laughs> That's those points gone. Good, good return to racing there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. There's a points race next weekend. And then, and then that's, when, that's when it hit. The Rona hit and everything got cancelled. So oh, that was man. that was that was my point hunting for this year. Wow! So unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. Yeah. Lots of learnings. Oh, always. If you're not learning, you're you're stagnating. What are the big learnings from that then? Um, that it doesn't matter what happens. You're going to get nervous. Um, but just don't let it get the best of you. I guess. Um, also, travel 
takes so much out of you, even when you've got people helping you, like with the driving and everything. So we just need to try and make it a bit more chilled. Like we thought we'd left ourselves lots of time to get there, but it ended up, it was like right to the wire. So trying to leave a bit more time for travel and oh, trust Max and Angus a bit more with things. Like uh, I would be, when we were traveling, I would uh, I would sneak in the back and try and get like little naps and things or during the night I'd be like stressing about things that we had to get ready and stuff and it's like I just need to let those boys worry about that I just need to stop worrying because I just wasn't getting enough rest so uh yeah trust the boys leave more time for travel and try and just relax and deal with the nerves but they yeah. are gonna come yeah yeah, good bonding exercise for the team though. Like it looked, oh, right. it looked like you got on really well. Ah, mm. oh, well, they're both just like absolute heroes. So it's yeah, it was pretty easy. Although uh, talking about the next trip, we're going out. Both of them are just like we've got to go back to La Palma. So it looks like oh we're... yeah, yeah, we went and got some dirt jumping in. <laughs> yeah, the boys they're mad for the dirt jumping, so they're like, uh, we said like, looks like we're going out to the World Cups uh, uh, in the next few months. It's like, oh, is that near La Palma? Gotta go back to La Palma. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. So yeah, from there then you headed over to Lusa, right? For some fox testing. Yep. Is that the is that the first time you've had kind of suspension sport at that kind of level? Yeah, I get I guess so. I mean, I I wasn't really officially on the the kind of program they have laid out. Um, I'm kind of friends with the guys that work on that and also run that. And I just said, do you have like a bit of extra time to just give me a bit of advice? Cause uh, I'm not like on the full, say like factory, like racer program with Fox. I get the product, I get as much assistance as they can give, but really I'm a bit of an experiment. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, they, they were working with the Cube team uh, while I was there. And then I would just sneak in and be like, right, they've gone up for a run. Can you tweak, tweak my settings? <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's have a look, let's have a look. So uh, it's it's not something I've really had before. And uh, it was definitely cool, but we didn't get enough time uh, to kind of really get the bike dialed in like we were just starting to get things kind of like sorted out and i felt like i was just kind of getting up to speed as well i felt like the body was kind of getting tuned up first getting used to riding a big long rough track again and then we're just getting to the point that right okay let's get this bike proper dialed in and then we heard the rumors of uh uh all the borders going to get shut so we had to head home Uh, disappointing oh like yeah i'm looking forward to being able to do that again because uh, it's definitely proper valuable. Yeah, so I mean, you're you're a super experienced guy. You've done a lot of spent a lot of time racing, a lot of time tinkering with bikes. Like, mm-hmm. how much more do you think there is to get when you've got people like that supporting you? Um, now, over yeah, I think no one really knows exactly what a bike needs to be uh, set up like like everyone's mm. bikes are a little bit different and i know when i was riding for mojo like back in the day chris Porter was like you need to run it really stiff and really slow and it's like that is that is fast that's what works i was like all right cool sweet so we just set up our bikes like that and went fast on them you know it worked and then now fox are saying um to run that a little bit softer and a lot faster i was like well that's very different but yep still going fast so it's like the rider makes the most difference really and then the kind of setup and suspension and everything like that make i'd say smaller differences but i found the main thing i've really learned is it's not about having say an expert to tell you exactly what you need to do and that but that does help it's that you do repeated runs with small changes and note it down and document it and time it that's how you actually find what works for you. Because if you go and ask someone, what should I do? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I run mine four clicks out from fully closed here. Do that. Try that. It's mint. Honestly, it's the best thing ever. And it's like, well, what are you basing that off? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it just feels mint. Feels feels mint, man. It's so good. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then like, if they actually timed it, quite often what feels good isn't actually fast. So 
the the best thing about having the support and being able to go in these kind of camps is that you're made to just do repeated runs and make small changes and time it and then base it off of what's fast yeah and yeah having the support to do that a bit of advice when it's needed the technical knowledge you know keep everything running good and then also just being having the free time because i'm getting paid to do this to be able to just spent days and days and days just doing runs and runs and runs is uh that's what makes the big difference so it's not necessarily the the knowledge that's there it's everything together um and the time you can put in that really makes your bike fast definitely do you think do you feel more able now that if you were going to races you'd better get your bike set up well and quicker because you've had that time to do it um i think a lot of people think at races that you make huge changes and really you don't well I mean some people do what would happen is pre-season you get your bike set up for you for the weight you are for the speed you're going and for your style and then at the races you'll make tiny changes you know like a click either way you're not going to be making big changes unless you're a proper puzzler Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think I can be, but I, I, <laughs> I do I do like to just not have to worry about these things as well and just focus on the on the track. So yeah, there's not there's not going to be huge changes. The only thing that would really say make a big change is if there's something unique on the track, like there's oh there's a flipping massive G out that's just like I'm fully bottoming out and it's like horrendous. Uh, you'd maybe make a f- some changes for that, or there's a really peddly section. It's like, right, I think it's going to be worth more time to, you know, maybe put a bit more low speed damping in the shock or something like that. So yeah. it's, yeah, I don't think I have more knowledge to set the bike up on the day. It's more that you get it set up like before you, you, you're at the race. Got yeah. yeah, fair play. And you you switched out from a standard Fox Forty Nine over onto the the new like Rad product with uh the shorter offset as well did that did that feel much different Mm -hmm. yeah i like in terms of like the damping and performance when actually kind of just running through bumps it felt really nice just because it was fresh fork and everything was running really good but i found when steering it felt just like a tiny bit sharper i think would be the the kind of word for the feeling um and a little bit less kind of vague and uh, like I found out like on the flat when you just held onto the bars quite loosely and like started to, to kind of lean into a turn the old one would want to flop to the side a yeah. bit more like they would do that to try and they, they'd say it would quicken up the steering because the, the wheel wants to turn is like having the the bigger um, offset Yeah. so they shortened the offset and it's less eager to turn in but it's more felt more precise it's, re- it's really it's a bizarre one to really kind of wrap the head around and i might not even be like explaining it properly and i might even be wrong and that's just a placebo effect <laughs> that i'm getting you know it's it's a hard one so yeah. I, I i actually found the forks i just thought they felt really nice I, they're working really good i'm not going to stress about them but i was more concerned about the new shock because uh first running that i was like uh oh wow that feels a lot that feels different um, and it wasn't even like a, a production one it was like luca's old pre-production one that they were like here try this out see what you think and okay. it, i think something that was actually broken in it as well because it was making a funny noise and i was like i don't even care it's it's so smooth <laughs> <laughs> that much different then yeah i to be honest i might have set up my old shock a wee bit too firm and then this one was just like the damping was a bit more backed off, but I was like, oh God, it's just stuck to the ground. This is great. So uh, that was, and I mean, that, that that's another thing that um, having a full factory program kind of thing, you get the opportunities to try back-to-back different products. Yeah. And it's like, if you had, say, gone riding over a weekend, you're done, you, you get a new shock, you fit it, you ride it the next weekend. It's like, would, would you be able to remember what it felt like? It's like oh, it's really hard to know if you'd be able to do a good comparison. But doing two back-to-back runs with different products, you you feel it immediately, and it is like yeah, wow, that was a big difference. 
Did you try uh, Air versus Coil? Um, I haven't this year. In the past, I have. I found an old bike. I couldn't fit a stiffy enough spring in because I'm a big weighty boy. <laughs> um, so I found the only way to do it was to use an air shock and then pump it up way above the recommended air pressure. Right. Um, do, you remember, do you remember there was a there was a time that there was a that de- the defect in the the air cans would sometimes rarely explode. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I was running my one way over recommended PSIs <laughs> during that uh, that time. Nice. But luckily, luckily, mine didn't do anything, anything <laughs> naughty, so it was all right. But no, um, I've always been a fan of coil, coil shocks. So I was keen to stick with coil this year and just experiment with that. Yeah, yeah, fair play. And then you, you come back, obviously, COVID kind of hit fully. You race back to the UK. We're all locked up. Um, so why not go and build a World Cup level downhill track? <laughs> 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 I mean, that is the obvious first thing you would do. Clearly. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I can't. Th- I can't work out why I didn't go and do it. <laughs> because you get in big trouble. That's why. <laughs> yeah. How did that go? <laughs> so yeah, I the, the goal was to build just a really, really fast, long track. That was the main goal, and uh, I, I wouldn't say it's like a World Cup level, but it's as close as we could do on that hill, which happened to be right beside my house, and uh, oh, it's proper fast and so much fun. Uh, I wouldn't say it's quite of the technicality and roughness of a lot of the World Cup tracks, but uh-huh. we, we we did the best we could. Yeah. And uh, yeah, super fun. But uh, I built that after kind of talking to a few locals and uh, they said, yeah, we have we have permission to build build on the hill. We've kind of talked with the kind of land manager, the, the forestry land manager, and he said, it's okay, but you just got to build to these guidelines. So don't build like construct any big features don't like construct any kind of like gap jumps or like wooden bridges and things like that don't damage any of the trees uh don't cross walkers pass and just kind of don't don't be an idiot pretty much yeah that's like, fair oh, enough perfect that sounds that sounds fine and uh so i just battered in and started building and then i was like i wanted to kind of promote this because it was something i thought would be like uh, really good for people to come ride and kind of wanted to build up a bit of excitement for the episode that we were going to film on it and uh then i think the promotion kind of got to some people that maybe weren't too pleased with what i was doing <laughs> i would say and it ended up getting into uh, it's it's FLS who won it, Forestry Land Services. And it ended up going right up to the top of the food chain in there. And uh, the reports I was getting back from different people where they were pretty pissed off. <laughs> um, and it turns out the kind of the permission to build was a little bit like it was look, we cannot give you permission to build, but if you build it in this way, we won't be too upset, sort of thing. Okay. And it was like an unofficial the tracks aren't legal, but if you build them responsibly and safe, we, you know, we won't stop you sort of thing. So yeah. it's a proper gray area and this is how it kind of used to be. And it, it's changing. I've been working a bit with uh, developing mountain biking in Scotland and the forestry since this kind of fiasco. And it's like thing, things are changing and it's there's so many tracks getting built. So many people riding bikes now that landowners just, they can't turn a blind eye anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it's changing, but it sounds like it's they're making some good progress. But anyway, the yeah, pretty much. I got an email from the forestry saying, uh, pretty much we have heard just that you have uh, been building illegal trails on our land. Please cease immediately, uh, or there is threat of uh, legal action taken against you. And, uh, Someone will be in contact soon to figure out the best course of process, uh, like the best process to go through. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And then my, my big worry is the track was going to get shut down before we were able to film in it because this happened a week <laughs> before we were going to film in it. It's like, oh, no, no. It's like, what are we going to do? Should we just should I just not talk to them and we'll film in it and then, and then I'll get in contact or, or what? what should we do? And I ended up a guy, local land manager, Robin, called me and had a chat with him. And he was just like, look, we're not 
we're not kind of stoked what you've done here. You've built a track on the hill without asking permission. And then I said, look, I, I thought that there was permission to build on the hill. I did it honestly thinking it was all good and I built it in a responsible way. You might have seen videos that made it look like I'd built some silly stuff because there was a, a beautiful bit of land where there was just a natural couple natural lumps in the ground and yeah. we literally scraped the turf off and then it was a huge step down you could do if you went fast enough. And it was like seeing that video, it looks like I've just built an insane step down. I was like, look, <laughs> literally we're just riding the ground that's there. It's been built really responsibly and like, you know, we'll meet up, I'll, I'll show you it and you can see that it's not nothing silly. And uh, he believed me, luckily. That was good. I was like, I was being sincere and honest and he did believe me and then we met up and he was like, okay, right. The actual, the safety officer for Forestry Commission who actually kind of checks out tracks came and he said, yeah, everything's all really good. Nothing's built in a way that we're kind of unhappy with. We just need to go through the process of making the track safe and legal in our eyes. And the way to do that is to have it overseen by a trail association just to make sure that one, nothing's collapsing, two, the sight lines where it crosses fire roads remain good, so you have to clear them every now and then and just kind of maintaining it. And okay. that's what we've set up. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's all it's all sorted now. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'll have to come up and have a ride of it sometime. Seeing a few like onboard cameras and your video as well. Yeah. It looks, looks awesome. Oh, it's so much fun, honestly. It's that's it's my training track now. That's I just go up and do laps of that when I'm out for a spin. Sweet. And you had a bit of a it's not a race race there with, uh, with Reese and Greg. <laughs> oh, it was so good. I, I wasn't sure if the boys were going to be keen because it was like, uh, at that point, races were kind of coming up and there was the threat that if, you know, if they came and did this and injured themselves, that could ruin things for uh, uh, the race season that was kind of upcoming. Yeah, And also, you don't want to come and do a, a race when you have like a good high profile of being a fast racer and say maybe you're not fully committed to it and then old man Cathro beats you. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't look very good. So I wasn't sure if they were going to be keen, uh, but luckily they were both like, yeah, let's let's do it. Screw it. That'll be, looks like a good track. Let's just go have some fun. Yeah, yeah and everyone was, everyone was pushing on as well. Yeah, like I reckon we, were, we all probably could have gone faster i reckon the other boys maybe a bit more so than i because i knew that track quite well and i don't think they fully knew it like 100 percent by the end but uh it made for a pretty close race and i was i was pleased with how it turned out yeah two seconds off wasn't it something like that yeah not bad not yeah, bad that's pretty good pretty good those boys aren't slow are they exactly i know greg almost podiumed end of last year reese's podium before so i think that means i can get a top 10 <laughs> easy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so what is what is next what are you able to tell us and what are you gonna tease us with mm, i don't know what i want to say to be honest i was thinking about this before we started talking it's what do i want to say so i think what i will say and I, this this has gotten out into the community already um is i have injured myself okay i'm not gonna say what i've done because there's actually an episode dropping tomorrow on uh -huh. it um, but I had a I had a bit of a nasty crash six weeks ago, so that's why I've been quite quiet on okay. the socials and stuff. Um, and well, I'm not sure if this episode's going to come out probably after. Uh, yeah, it'll come out some point tomorrow, I think. Some point tomorrow. To All right. Ready. Well, after you've listened to this, you can nip on over to Pink Bike and have a watch. <laughs> but yeah, I've uh, been recovering from that, and I don't actually have the all clear from the doctor yet. I'm getting a phone call tomorrow. Okay. So, yeah, I've been stressing about that because there are some World Cups happening. As a lot of people will know, there's World Champs this weekend, World Cup in Maribor, a double header uh, the weekend after, and then a World Cup in Lusa two weeks after that. And I'm going out to them. Um, I'm taking a bike, <laughs> but I don't know if I'll be racing. Are, so, you, yeah. are you technically allowed to race? What's happening with the whole points thing, given the crazy year that we've had? So there's no there's no points for... Well, I've got four points that they, they froze the points once uh, the race has got cancelled. So I still have oh. four points, which isn't enough to race. You need 20. Um, so I still don't have enough points. Right. The only other option is to get a national jersey. 
to race yeah. the World Cups. And I might have a GB jersey sat beside me right now. So excellent. That could that could be happening. <laughs> that would be very exciting. And some mm-hmm. good tracks it would as be. well. Yeah, Maribor is my my favorite track from when I was racing back in the day. So I really hope I get to ride that one. Yeah, man, definitely. And Lusa looked uh, looked pretty good. I've seen a few like people riding it throughout the mm-hmm. year. It looks yeah. uh, it looks fun. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get to do the actual World Cup one. The test tracks kind of runs parallel to it. We we didn't try the the World Cup track. Looks it does look good. Yeah. So injury, if that all goes good, we'll see you mm-hmm. we'll see you racing in a couple of weeks then. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. How how do you how do you feel about that? Because obviously, I mean, for everyone this year, it's not the ideal way mm-hmm. to get ready for racing. Like everyone's been kind of putting training on hold we've had this year-long off season and everyone's going to have approached it differently and struggled with motivation and you know throw into that the fact that you're coming back into world cup racing for the first time in quite a while you've had a baby just to add to the complexity of your year like, mm-hmm. how, how do you feel um it feels like everything has happened in a way to hinder me <laughs> to a certain degree but then it's the same for everyone you know it's like everyone's had issues with the coronavirus stopping things and like losing motivation and there's lots of other guys and, and girls who race that probably have kids and responsibilities at home so I, I don't feel like I'm in a unique situation but the injury I've had has definitely made things a little bit harder like i've not been able to train the past kind of six weeks Uh, the belly's coming back the six pack's gone away (laughs) and uh, i'd say the fitness isn't where it's going to be so i've had to kind of reframe if i get to race i've had to reframe kind of the goals and it's just screw it good track we'll just make a video i'll ride a bike have some fun and kind of see what happens because I am not in peak physical condition right now, but mm-hmm. you know, you just got to give it a go and have a bit of fun and see what happens. So that's, that's kind of my goal over these next events is just to almost like build up the, the um, not experience, but like, uh, you know, get used to being at the world cups again, get used yeah. to how the practice works, having, I guess there won't be a crowd, but, uh, uh, get used to kind of being in the start gate at World Cup again um, and then hopefully that'll just be a good bit of practice for next year and maybe maybe if I get to race and if things go well maybe I'll get the points that I can just step into the season next year yeah so uh, yeah and is there a privateer walk the talk season two kind of agreed or is this all TBC um, I'm contracted for two years to pink bike the, okay. walk, the Walk the Talk Privateer series was contracted for one year. But I feel like everyone, sponsors and viewers, are keen to actually see a World Cup season <laughs> come out. Sure. Yeah. So we're talking about it. I'm pretty confident it'll happen unless a big old spanner is thrown into the works. We should be doing it again. Excellent. Mm. Yeah, it'd be a shame not to have a full season out on the road and get properly stuck into it. Yeah. Yeah, and get that and get that top ten ticked off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. So, are you are you going to be out at World Champs then? No, uh, the my with, with my injury, I didn't know if I was going to be good enough to actually go out and even report on okay uh, the World Cups, like doing the trackside videos. So, I was quite late in sending my uh, media application for the world champs and the restrictions are so tight because really having a race in current times is actually (laughs) probably not the best idea. So they're just being super, super strict with it and they're limiting the amount of people who are going to be at the event in general. So there's no spectators. They've cut out loads of the UCI staff like Susie at the UCI who I deal with for video accreditation she's not even allowed on site because they said they don't need her there so that'd be another person to add to the event numbers i don't know the actual number they restricted it to 
But uh, when I messaged her, she was like, they, they've already filled the quota for media accreditation. They're right. going to gonna have a meeting to see if that can be raised or if it'll get lowered. And they had the meeting and then they've actually lowered it. So they're wow. having to cut more people out. So she was like, you're not coming to Leo Gang. I was like, well, okay then, that's fine. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, it's actually probably not a bad thing because I'm uh, we're getting a new race vehicle, a new van, and I'm picking that up this Friday. So uh, it's handy that I'm not in Leo Gang because I can actually get this vehicle for traveling out to the World Cups. Nice. That'd be good. Yeah, for sure. So what, what are your thoughts then on World Champs? Because it's, like we said, it's been a very weird year. Some people have had some racing like a lot of people have based themselves out in the port de soleil and there's mm. been some french cups going on and mm-hmm. but no one's really i don't think massively shown their hand i guess everyone's trying to stay healthy for the world champs yeah. what what are your thoughts on it like the, i mean the weather's pretty unpredictable right now no <laughs> one's really had any time racing what, what are you thinking uh yeah like i saw matt walker posted this morning saying uh, predicted conditions for world champs there was a, <laughs> yeah. fo- a photo of them in the snow and i was like oh is that is that the forecast so i was having a look this morning at the weather forecast and it does say moderate snow at, <laughs> at mid-level on saturday night the night before the race brilliant um, brilliant but I, I can bet they've got like a team ready with snow shovels to just walk down the course at 5 a.m and like flipping scoof it all out of the way if it did <laughs> they're like this race is happening i don't care what's going on yeah they've put so much effort to get it to where they are yeah i can't imagine they're gonna let snow get I in mean, the way of it but for the viewers it's not gonna matter what happens it it it'll be a race you know even if it is in the flipping snow and there's they've got like flipping metal studded tires on we'll be we'll be stoked to watch it so sure. yeah i'm i'm still excited for that but in terms of like what who's going to be fast and who's riding well like you said the french riders were flat out last year and they're the only country that's really had a race series um yeah yeah, with the french cups i think a few of the um there's been a couple spanish races that i've seen and i know and the east coast of america they had a couple nico malalia arranged a few so in terms of who's had a bit of race pace built up they should be looking quite good um so like lucas shaw uh bruni finally found a bit of pace he, he was he was having a wee bit of a struggle uh getting beaten who was it that beat him adrian daly on his trail, yeah, bike, on on trail the, bike on the french cups um so yeah he was going good by the end um and i was kind of waiting to see if he was going to find his pace before world champs because he has built he's built up a bit of a tradition hasn't he yeah, being the world champs master for sure. <sighs> but then Leah Gang's a track that he's definitely been quite open about struggling on in the past. Even mm. though he took the win there, was it last year? I know it, how it, how how can you say that you struggle and then you win? It's yeah, it's not my strong track. But I mean, whew, yeah, one it still of, smoked everyone. It still <laughs> smoked everyone. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just doesn't enjoy it as much. So he's like, oh yeah, I, I struggle. But actually, he, he doesn't really have a track he struggles on that much. True. Doesn't seem yeah. like it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then Gwyn, Gwyn's gone well I, there in the past, but we haven't seen much from Gwyn this year as far as turning up in races. And last year was a bit of a struggle for him. So that that's going to be interesting. New I've bike. St- I've still gotten down for having a big comeback year. Like... I can't, I can't write him off yet. I feel like he's just going to get things figured out, and then we're going to be gobsmacked when he just absolutely cleans up. I think uh, I don't know if it'll be this year. Maybe, maybe the next. Maybe the one after. Who knows? Um, I'm quite excited to see if uh, if Gregory is uh, has got something to show at champs because he's been he's won a few champs in the past and he was going pretty quick at a few of the french cups as well yeah greg, yeah, yeah. greg menard loris seems to be in good form mm-hmm. yeah you can't count him, him out eh? like he absolutely smashed everyone at that wet french champs was it like seven seconds or something he it was a pretty there? decent margin yeah i mean that's that's quite a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. harking back to you know sam hill time gap back in the day yeah. So yeah. Oh, oh, like 
it's so hard to predict, isn't it? You know, it's like we've got so little to base it all off. Um, it could be like someone like uh, who was it had a really good result at Crankworks, Andreas Kolb. Yeah, he, that was he, a solid run, eh? You know, he could just like absolutely kill it because he was having some really good splits and races last year. So it could be like a total out of left field, especially if it snows. <laughs> the snow, yeah. Some snow specialist comes in. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard anything about track changes? Because I think they've done some stuff there, but I don't yeah, really know they, what. They built a new section um, uh, when you the motorway traverses across the hill. Um, there was a, right at the end of that motorway, there's like a, you go under a tunnel, then you do a gap jump into like big wooden wall rides. I think just before you get to there, maybe just after it cuts into the woods earlier and there's a whole okay. new bottom section. Nice. I have, haven't seen it. I'm just basing this off of what people have said and mentioned online, saying it's a new section between the old World Cup and between the Bongo Bongo track, which I <laughs> rode last year. So that's just my uh, kind of best guesstimation of where it goes. So okay. that's that's cool. I'm excited yeah. for that. Definitely, it needs a bit of change. It's a track that we haven't seen much change in the last couple yeah, of years. I especially guess. if it's going to be wet, which it looks like it will be on a fresh track. It's yes, please. That is good watching <laughs> for sure. For sure. What about the women's? Because we've just Rachel's just announced that she's not going to be racing. I, I have not seen that. That is. Okay. I've been busy with the baby, and I've not been trolling instagram quite as much as i maybe would have so no i hadn't seen that and is that just champs she's not doing that is that's all she said at the moment is that her achilles isn't ready and she won't be at world oh, champs. okay got you got you so i assume that that also means she won't be at maribor and lisa but mm, yeah if it's not ready now after what a year and a half then another couple of weeks that's isn't a gonna cra- it. crazy injury isn't it like, yeah it's a rough one that. not ideal so yeah, yeah that definitely opens things up or maybe narrows things down so i guess it's the new contender valley versus tracy and who was having a good one last year it was Tra- tracy marine on marine yeah mm-hmm. marine uh pom-pom and pom-pom. tani back again we don't really know where tani's at coming back from a pretty nasty injury, but no races that I've seen mm-hmm. her at this year. So I don't know where, mm-hmm. where her pace is. So yeah. Oh, that, gonna be... is gonna, that is going to be quite exciting actually. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Marine and Pom Pom were out. Yeah. So it's a shame Rachel's not back in the action as well. Cause that is probably the, the deepest, the, the women's field's been in a, in a while actually. Yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting to see how Valley goes, huh? Like local track. Yeah, well, I saw she won last weekend, Crankworks, beating yeah. out Tracy by like just under a second. But then Tra- Tr- Tracy shared that uh, big mistake she made, which was over a second she lost. Okay. So it's interesting. It's like, uh, would, like, would Tracy have won by quite a bit or would it have been close? Do you think that- Valley was pushing? It's tricky. Like she, she was actually. She's just off an injury as well. Right. She broke a wrist or something, maybe, or maybe sprained it. Because I saw a bit of Instagram spying. There was an Instagram story that she had a cast on or some support on. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I was pretty sure I saw saw a cast. So she might be seen it strapped up. Yeah. Yeah. She might not quite be back up to speed either. Um, you, you can never predict. You don't know if they were pushing or not with champs on the horizon. So, who knows? Exciting times. I, I, I'm I'm excited to see Valley do well. I mean, it's in it's in Austria. I imagine she's been doing a bit of practice in there. Um, <laughs> I think she could be a good shout. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think she was. I did. I look back and think she was 15 seconds off the elite women's win there two years ago. Mm-hmm. Seven seconds off the elite women's win there last year. So if she's taking seven <laughs> seconds per season. So if you keep drawing that graph. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a winner. <laughs> we'll Math, see. science. Exactly. Can't argue with science. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we should, uh, we should let you go because I know you've got a lot of prep to get done for, uh, for traveling. And yeah, mm-hmm. sorry to hear that you've been injured. And I hope that that all gets sorted and that you're, you're able to compete towards the end of the season because it'd mm-hmm. be awesome to see you between the tape at a World Cup, man. Yeah, I... 
I think it should be okay. I feel like it should be okay, but I mean, it's up to the doctors. So it's it's X-ray results I'm waiting for. That's okay. that's what I'm waiting for. So yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. Cool. cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot for your time. It's been real interesting catching up, and we look forward to seeing how you get on. Thank you very much. Cheers for cheers for listening. Awesome. Cheers, Ben. See ya. All right, that's it for this episode with Ben. I hope you've enjoyed listening. A massive thanks to Crank Brothers for supporting my clipping pedal experiment and this episode of the show. If you want a chance to win your choice of Crank Brothers clipping pedals and an M20 multi-tool to install them with, then just head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash Crank Brothers now and that will take you to the Crank Brothers entry form. You've got until the end of October to enter. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. If you fancy representing the show, then grab yourself a t-shirt or one of our brand new sweatshirts or hoodies by heading over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Keep warm, look good and help support the podcast at the same time. What's not to love? As always, the podcast lives on because of you lot listening and spreading the word. So please keep on doing what you're doing. Tell your rider mates, share the episodes on your social media, forward the newsletter to people you think will enjoy it and just want to say a massive thanks to everyone who supports the show. I really appreciate it. All right, we've got another awesome episode coming up soon, but until then, get out and ride. (laughs) 